Welcome to the Particularly Packers podcast. Listen in as Bob Dog travels around the football universe in hopes of understanding the madness that we love about the league, particularly the Green Bay Packers. The journey begins now. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, baby. What's up, everybody? Bob Dog, Particularly Packers podcast, checking in with you once again. It is game day, baby. Sunday. It is football. It's finally upon us. Oh, man. May the football gods have mercy upon everybody's soul today. Just keep them injury free, man. We're, we're thankful for however this day plays out. Oh, man, what a game, what a game, man. We had a huge game on Thursday. I wanted to get you guys something before then, but it was just everybody was saying the same stuff, and I completely saw a different game than what a lot of people are saying. Um, before we get into that, and before I forget, congratulations, Charles Woodson, Al Harris, on being nominated into the uh, Packers Hall of Fame. That's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing, man. Happy you guys both got in there together. I grew up watching both of those guys. Al Harris, that dude is, a, to me, he's a legend, but that's just because I watched him go from nothing to something pretty much um al harris he became you know he was a he was a big piece for us in that playoff game when he got the pick six that was huge with that being said with that being said charles woodson amazing player um i always think of him as a raider so automatically there's always a sour spot in my heart for him just because i don't like the raiders but with that being said amazing player um came over helped us out a lot him and julius peppers i mean he was whoo man those boys can Play. Those boys can play. All right, back to Thursday's game. Um, the no call, as far as that no call was concerned, I thought it was a, a beautiful play by the wide receiver. I thought that he was coached up very well in the fact that he did not extend his arm. He only extended to the elbow. I think if that forearm would have snuck out past that elbow in any type of way, it would have looked more like a push. But as it was, all you saw was elbow. There was no hand. You know, it was not full extension, which I think is what saved him. So the no call, I had no problem with it. They were letting these boys play, and that's what it is. Um, let's see, Tampa Bay did not cover the spread. It was seven and a half points. They didn't even get close. What a what a good game. Um, Tampa Bay won thirty one to twenty nine. Dallas had it really close. Tampa Bay hit the last second field goal. Most of you already know this, so I don't need to tell you. Brady, he was on fire, man. Thirty two of fifty. 379, four touchdowns and two interceptions. One of the interceptions, I don't count it, it was a Hail Mary. The other interception, that was from Leonard Fournette. I mean, that's Fournette's fault, not 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 Brady's at all. Dak, he was going off 42 for 58, three touchdowns, one interception at 403. So he hit the 400-yard mark, which is what I told my coworker would happen. I told him he also catched the ale. He, he, he catches the loser. He, I mean, he reminded me of Cam Newton. Put up all the st- the stats, but against the winning teams, he's going to lose. And that's all, all there is to it. And fantasy-wise, sure, you can love him. But if he was my quarterback, yeah, you guys can have your moral victory. I see a lot of Cowboys fans like, that was so close. We did so good. Did it? Oh, my goodness. If, if that's what you're about, that's what you're about. Um, I definitely saw a lot of good things. This is where we, we watched the game very different. I saw a lot of good things. Um, what I didn't see was any defense. Nobody really showed up to play defense. There were a couple big plays from Vita Vea, um, Jason Pierre-Paul, and the middle linebacker, Michael Parsons, even made a couple plays out there. Um, but otherwise, the defenses were irrelevant. The defenses did not show up to play. Um, they were not They were not anywhere close to ready like the offenses were. I think the offenses were clicking. The defenses were taking a second. Uh, Zeke. Let's see, Zeke had 18 rushes, 18 rushes, no, no, there's 18 rushing attempts throughout the whole game. Zeke had 11 for 33 yards. This averages three yards a carry. 
is not going to get you the big money that he's gotten. I don't know. But I do want to give Zeke credit where Zeke, Zeke's credit is due. He picked up some of those middle linebackers blitzing beautifully. Beautifully. And it was more... It was something that he didn't do in the past, and it was a, just a commitment and a mental thing to where, in his mind, he said, I'm stopping this guy. Before, he used to say, oh, no, he's coming, or do whatever. You know, he was a different mindset. Now, he went in there and stopped him twice. He stunned the – I mean, the 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 blocking was beautiful. I got to give it to Zeke. Um, I do want to give him that because it was, it was beautiful. He had these linebackers and stopped him immediately. With that being said, on the contrary – when they gave him the ball and he hit that hole, I watched a linebacker come and stand him up. I'm pretty sure it was Davis, but I don't really remember. I watched a linebacker come and just stand him up, man. It was it was over. They had, they stood him straight up, had him standing straight up, and it was something that I haven't seen from the Packers in a very very long time. Um, we tackle, they fall forward, but when that dude got when Zeke got smacked in the hole, he just they both went straight up. That was the end of the run. It was a beautiful thing to watch. I love watching that from the linebackers. I'm hoping we get some of that play this year, but oh, we probably won't. Um, Devin White was, you know, he he did show up in in flashes, but he wasn't wasn't you know what you would think. Carlton Davis, he showed up in flashes. I think he was the only cornerback that really even showed up to play that you know balled out. And I thought he did pretty good. I think he got the interception. Um, Vita Vea, like I said, he made two or three. Huge splash plays, just blowing the center up. Um, a lot of people are going to know his name after, you know, Thursday night. Pierre Paul, I think, man, I, you know, I kind of wrote him off. I don't think about him too much, but I ultimately want to say I, I believe he's a Hall of Famer. You know, Pierre Paul may be a Hall of Fame player. The way that he's playing, Thursday night's game was incredible. I think that he really put himself on the map to know, like, He's still here, and that's pretty amazing because Pierre Paul's been in here for a long time, man, a long time. Dak was only sacked one time. I think that says more about the defense than the offense, being that their starting guard, you know, Pro Bowl-level guy was out, Zach Martin, I believe. With that being said, another one of their offensive linemen have been suspended since the game um, for failing to provide a drug test, I believe. Not sure if he was all roided out, and that's why they were able to hold him off, but... uh. Yeah, that's some uh, some funny business. You would actually expect more from a New England player, but here we go from Dallas. We'll take that. All right, Cooper. Uh, man, Cooper was killing it, man. He was 13 of 16 targets for 139 and two touchdowns. That dude's fantasy points are off the Richter. You know, and that dude's up there, and he, he, he balled out. That dude balled out completely. But here's the thing that nobody's talking. Well, let, let's jump over. Antonio Brown real quick. He was 5 of 7 for 121. Um, he did beautifully. There was a one route that he should have cut off and done differently. It would have got him a, probably a touchdown from Tom Brady and blew the game out completely. Would have been a different game. Chris Godwin, 9 of 14, 105 with a fumble and a touchdown. I'm so thankful because I played against him on my fantasy team. I should let you guys know prior to the week um, who I'm playing against or what's playing. But I'll run that down for you real quick. All right, Chris Godwin, 9 of 14, 105, fumble and a TD. So I'm playing against him. I'm watching him. He's just racking up yards, racking up yards, got the touchdown on me. Catches a long pass from Brady, turns around at the five-yard line, looks like he has one defender to go to make the touchdown, and he fumbled. Oh, thank God, man. I was so, like, heartbroken and heartwarmed at the same time. I, I want the Tampa Bay to knock, you know, knock the stuffing out of these cowgirls, but... 
I didn't want Godwin to get the touchdown. So when I saw that fumble come out, I was like, oh, thank the heavens, boy. Thank the heavens. Uh, Gronk, he was 8 of 8, I believe, at 90 yards and two touchdowns. Gronk was just beasting. They couldn't stop him. Um, it's amazing to see what he does, just his big body type, and he's still out there playing to the high level, man. Very high level. There's definitely a special teams MVP that nobody's talking about. Bradley Pinion, that punter, that 65-yard punt that went out at the two-yard line, you, sir, deserve a game ball. I mean, that was beautiful. The entire game, it seemed like the, the Cowboys were playing out of their five-yard line. I don't know how he did it, but they every time the Cowboys were starting way down in their, in their own territory, coming from a Packers fan, this is very substantial. Uh, we just got a new punter because our other guy couldn't do that. And what he was doing was beautiful, simply beautiful. I loved everything about it. Bradley Pinion, applause to you, my friend. Applause to you, my friend. You did a beautiful thing, man. Beautiful thing. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, man, football day. I hope you guys are ready, man. I haven't cracked no beers yet, but I did crack a monster, so I'm getting that energy up. But, man, it's about to go down a couple more hours here. All right, so I was listening to a lot of player interviews, and I have to tell you, I loved it. I loved talking football again and hearing just the players and just the coaches and talking about football and the matchups and how everything's going together. It was beautiful. I listened to Jahir's, you know, I listened to Amos. I listened to Kenny Clark. I listened, especially the defensive side, man, that ball, the defensive room is just focused on playing. They're not about the bullshit. They're not about all that stuff. Cause when they talk to Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams, they both sound like fools. Um, they both sound like fools. They're not fun. I don't enjoy listening to these conversations. I definitely don't. You listen to Devonte Adam. He beat around the bush so damn long. Like, say what you need to say, dude. Like, he went and did that last dance post, and he's out here. Well, you know, the team won't actually be the same. I mean, after this point, the team won't actually be the same. And wh- <laughs> Why? Why him and Aaron Rodgers? Why now are you on this? Oh, team won't be the same. I mean, this is all from Aaron Rodgers. He's very toxic. He's been very toxic to the locker room. Um, his attitude, ego, personality, and I'm going to say his beef with the Packers organization has definitely uh, dwindled over. And definitely um, Devontae has his own, you know, I'm sure he had an attitude prior and his own little ego type thing. But this thing's blown, it's blown up. You can hear him now, and it's just the way that he talks. He definitely, I mean, he wants the money. He deserves it. He works his ass off. Um, he wouldn't be who he is without the Packers, and the Packers would be would be who they are without Devontae Adams. That's, that's the truth of it. Um, is Devontae the best receiver in the league? Ooh, that's questionable. That is very questionable. You put him on any team without Aaron Rodgers, like when Brent Hundley was there, I think that he does stand out. He's a, he's one of the top. Is he the best? I mean, that, that's very debatable. Very debatable. Without Rodgers, is he the best? I don't know. Amari Cooper just put up huge numbers, boy. Huge numbers. He just showed out. And there's a lot of good players out there. So, we'll see. The thing that bothered me about his interview was not that he beat around the bush and he said, I know I didn't answer your question, but I was hoping that he's got to be honest, man. We, we can see right through your bullshit. Um, we'll call it out. I mean, it is what it is. We know, you know, that post with the last dance of Pippen and Jordan and clapping hands, and we know what him and Rodgers are going through, and he's trying to beat around the bush like it wasn't real. My guess is he just got off the phone with his agent, Agent said, look, man, they're not paying you that. Like, you're not going to get what you're asking for. They're not going to beat, you know, that number that's put up by Julio Jones. Like, they're not going to match it. Uh, No, uh, Hopkins, not Julio, it's Hopkins. Like, they're not going to match that number. 
So I think he went on there and knew, like, all right, well, somebody else is going to match that number, so this is it. So he put it up, which is, which is fine, but just say it. You know, don't don't go out and lie to us. We, we see right through it. We see through the bullshit. And, well, the team's not going to be the same. The team wasn't going to be the same last year. The team wasn't going to be the same the year before that. The team wasn't going to be the same the whole time you've been here because that's the way the football goes. And Aaron Rodgers is just off this shit now. So now he's going with Aaron Rodgers' story, narrative. Oh, man. I thought it was interesting when he said, at the very end of his interview, he said, we needed a couple pieces, and we added these, or we added those. All right, here's the question. What got added? Are you talking about Eric Stokes? Corey Lindsley wasn't the, I mean, Corey Lindsley, we added Myers, but Corey Lindsley wasn't the weak link. Um, Who else did we add, buddy? Middle linebacker? You wanted Campbell? Is that what, you, is just what you're saying that we needed was a middle linebacker? Because we had Kirksey last year. He just didn't play up to it. But I thought he amazing player at that position. He just didn't pan out where we were. Um, okay, so maybe he's talking about that one. Or maybe he's talking about Kevin King. Maybe he's really putting Kevin King on blast and glad that we got Eric Stokes. Maybe. Um, is that what he's talking about? I don't know. That's what I mean. He's always beating around the bush. He's, it's, it's very disgusting. I miss watching them talk about football and the matchups and everything, and now all he's talking about is Jordy and money and finances, and it's disgusting, man. We love hearing football. We talk to you guys because you guys are football players. Well, we enjoy to listen to you guys. I don't know why the media talks to you, but we listen to you guys to hear about football, and I I love to hear, like, football insight or what you got coming up and things about the team, but I'm talking about his money. 90% of that is probably the, the media's fault. That's all they're asking them about. Um Maybe we should go through slapping them because I hear some stupid questions coming out of our, our reporters, man. It's like, come on, man. Sometimes these reporters, man, it's something else. Um, but they definitely grew up different than I did, so they have different types of questions. I put it at that. We grew up very differently. And, uh, yeah, yeah, some of those questions get us smacked over here. <laughs> oh, man. Broadcasting straight from the ghetto. Now we'll get to the big one. Aaron Rodgers, man. This dude's he he sounds like he has something to prove. I mean, he explains everything in his interviews. I mean, he's trying to break down decimal points for us and show us that he this dude has intelligence. He's really trying to show us that he's more than a football player, but that's all we like about you. We like that you're our quarterback. He's over here trying to break down philosophies, trying to break down player development, trying to break down, you know, personnel decisions. Let me ask you something, buddy. I think Mason Crosby has been on special teams almost as long as you've been on offense. So does he get to choose the special teams players? I mean, where does it, where does it separate buddy? And at what point does the quarterback start selecting pieces? I mean, as after five years, you start selecting. is it after 10 years, you start selecting pieces. I mean, what, what, where does the line, where is it drawn? And then, um, Kenny Clark's been on the defense. Does he get to start picking defensive players? Cause he's been there over five years. You know, does what, where does it start? You stupid mother. Man, this fool so retarded, bro. I'm just glad he's our quarterback because I don't want to play against him. But as far as his philosophy and talking about business decisions and Jenkins should stick with the with the with what do you what do you call it? Basically he should make the the most money and he should go with, you know, the most lucrative position. And, you know, I think what Jenkins is doing is more than sticking to one, you know, the value that he brings by jumping position to position should bring more money than staying in one position, my personal opinion. So whatever Aaron Rodgers feels that Jenkins should do for his, you know, 
financial success i think that what i think is you're wrong i think that you're wrong 100 i think that you're in your decision making mr rogers i think that nobody should go to you for any type of relationship advice since you're still dealing with your own relationship stuff you know what i mean you're not a relationship guru not relationships in the locker room not relationships outside of the building nobody's over here cheering about their relationship with you not not even too many people are walking away bragging about relationships with you. So with that being said, play quarterback. You're great at it. You're a great quarterback. That's it. That is it, boy. Like everything else is just, you, you think you're smart. You're trying to break down decimal places and show people that you're intelligent. You're a football player. We're not looking at you as a mathematician. We're not looking at you as a counselor, we're not looking at you for relationship advice. We want you to throw the ball. We want you to talk about the receivers, you, you know, what you see on the defensive side of the ball, what you have coming up. This dude and his philosophy and all this stuff, you're not Nostradamus. You're not anywhere close. You're a football player. That's it, bro. That's it. You want to go do something smart? Go do something smart. I listen to Neil Tyson Degrassi. I listen to smart people. There's very intelligent people. I bump Gary V. I know T- Tony Robbins. I know these guys. There's great motivational speech. You're not that. You're nowhere near that. You're a clown wearing horseshoes that can fucking throw a ball. It's pretty amazing. But um, you're an amazing quarterback. But that's it, buddy. This is coming from a Packer fan, genuinely. Um, you know, you bashing Goody all day with, with the reporter on the Pat McAfee show. I forget who this little scoundrel is in the back. I would have punched him in his mouth when he says something about throwing a bullet, or throwing the ball right through McCarthy and McAfee, uh, through uh, McAfee, who was it? Mark Murphy and uh, Gutekinds and just throw the ball at us. I forget what he said, but, dude, somebody should smack that guy. Like, you know what I mean? When you talk about assaulting somebody with a football, like, I smack, you just start smacking people. Believe me, I live in the ghetto, people, so I only say this from experience because around here, you don't disrespect people because people, you get smacked in the mouth. And for that dude to even say anything, he said, as a fan, you're not a Packers fan, I'll tell you that. Wherever you're coming from and whoever's saying that, you're a Rodgers fan. That's it. You're on his balls. You can't even get off of him if you wanted to. They're stuck to your forehead. You're on his nuts, bro. I can smell it on your breath, man. All Everybody on the McAfee show, they they literally ride Aaron Rodgers. They ride him, and they're trying to ride him to start him, and they're sitting there. You don't talk trash about people like that, man, about throwing a ball out and putting it right through him. Like, like you're talking about actual physical harm to somebody? Somebody should smack him. And if I get the opportunity, I will for you, Goody. Trust me, dog. Trust me. You've done plenty for this team. Um we all make mistakes. Shoot, look at my life. My life is a big mistake. But what Goody's done is beautiful. Um, the way that we've been successful for so long is because of the structure. Don't change it for Aaron because he sees his way out. He knows he got two or three more years. He's got his boys there. He's worried about his friends being there. We don't want Jordy Nelson. We don't want none of your trash, boy. We just want you to play quarterback. And if you're not going to play here, you can play in retirement because we ain't trading you. You're stuck, at least this year. Uh, next year, whatever, we'll let him go. We'll see what Jordan Love got, or maybe get somebody else. We'll see what goes from there. But just overall, I'm over the interviews with everything else and him thinking he's like a philosopher. You just talk about football, man. I want to hear about the matchups. I want to hear about the quarterbacks that you have coming up. I want to hear about, you know, the the things in practice. and th- We love football. We listen to you guys for football. All this philosophy crap and all this stuff you guys going off. This is bull, man. This is bull. Um, the offseason was trash. Uh, Packer fans didn't like it. The respect factor for Aaron Rodgers has dwindled, um, at least for me personally. That's all I can speak on is personal decisions. But as far as a football player, I don't like anything that he's doing, um, really, besides playing football. 
the whole rest of it is a bunch of trash. It's uh, this power entitlement. It's entitlement. You know what I mean? It just He feels entitled. He's got millions and millions of dollars. Let's be honest, man. He's half of the reason why we haven't won anything because he takes all the money and we don't get to buy other players. So with that being said, you know what? I want to bring that back to Devontae Adams. And this all starts with looking in the mirror. So in that game, I can clearly say that if I was Devontae Adams, if I played better, we would have won that game. If he would have made one or two catches that he should have made, we would have won that game. Instead, he says we needed a couple pieces. He wants to put it out there. He doesn't want to put it on himself and look in the mirror and say, this is on me. If I would have played better, we would have won. We didn't need anything else but to click. Like, we were so close. We didn't need anything else last year. We had everything we needed to win. So he's talking about we needed pieces. We didn't need pieces. We needed you to catch the ball in the end zone. We needed Aaron Rodgers to run for it on that third down instead of throwing it to you in double coverage. That's what we needed. We needed better decisions. And this is the same dude, Aaron Rodgers, trying to be a genius. We need better decisions from the people we got. Starting with Devontae Adams, we need to catch that touchdown ball. We try to win the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, we try to win. You know what I mean? I understand Coach LaFleur, man, he should have got slapped for that field goal. But Aaron Rodgers, we need to win, man. You, you guys off some foolery, man. Some really beating around the bush bullshit. And, um, yeah, it's not cool. It's not cool. I really don't. Um, I think you need to man up and take responsibility for your own actions, Devontae Adams. Um, we didn't need a couple pieces. Um, we needed you to do better. That That's it. That's it. And Aaron Rodgers keep coming out talking about, you know, what we need and to listen. And I've been in the room for 15 years. I've been in the room for 16 years. Your perspective is so damn narrow, boy. You don't know anything about the, uh, you know, the money and the finances and the business aspect of keeping people and doing all that. All you see is who's on the field. That's it. And we're not worried about who's here with you. We're looking for the future. We love the way that they've been developing this defense, the players they brought in with the money that they have. We don't need you involved. The only person who wants you involved is you. It's called selfish. It's called plays fucking quarterback, man. Shut the hell up. You know what? It's Packer Nation. We're going to look forward to the game. We're going to jump into the game this week. Super excited. Hope you guys are all excited. I actually need to go blow my nose. Uh, I'm trying not to be stuffy up on this mic. I love you guys. Bob Dog, particularly Packers podcast. Love to hear about some football. Hit me on the uh, social media. Subscribe where you get your podcast. I got a bunch of boogers in my nose, so I'm getting off here. I sound funny. All right. Love y'all. Bob Dog, over and out. Gone. You have been listening to the Particularly Packers podcast. Please follow us on social media and please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, baby.